we always think about what can make our show the best it can possibly be. And our goal, since ours is just comedic sort of entertainment light podcast, our goal is to simply be either entertaining, funny, or both. And that's the way we th- we hope people will keep coming back, is if what we're saying is entertaining or funny. It doesn't necessarily have to be funny all the time, but it has to be at least entertaining or interesting all the time. And we have to be at least passionate about what we're talking about. And when I'm editing, when I find those sections where we're kind of just rambling on, like, and I just use the barometer, would I want to listen to this? And if the answer is no, take it out. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hello, podcast friends. I am your host, Jennifer Crawford, and today I am joined by an accomplished actor and improviser from Greenville, South Carolina, who also happens to specialize in the fine art of the awkward flirt. Lucky for us, the awkwardly flirty Evan Harris is also the co-host and creator of the Bearded Ones podcast, and he is here to help us be smarter podcasters. Thanks for joining us today, Evan. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Now, how do you know about the awkward flirt? Well, Evan, I do my research on my guests, and I'm <laughs> Have your... I flirted with you? Have I flirted with you and forgotten about <laughs> it? Do- I'm sorry. You're doing it right now. <laughs> Stop it. It's inappropriate. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> No, you. That was a descriptor on your very own website. Oh God, it's been so long, I can't even remember it anymore. If you go to your uh, about me page, Evan, um, <laughs> you are. That is one of your qualities. Uh, BeardedPodsNetwork.com. That's the one. Yeah, so that's it's it's on there. So I figured I was um, I was allowed to use it. And I was you impressed. You are indeed, madam. <laughs> okay, so somehow. Although you've been very busy awkwardly flirting with people, you also started a podcast. How yes. in the world did that happen? Um, it happened because I used to have an office job, a cubicle job. Gross. And they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty soul-sucking. <laughs> and uh, they allowed us to have our smartphones at our desks. And so I started uh, listening to YouTube on my phone. And I'm a fan of Kevin Smith, and I remember I came across this clip of Kevin Smith on YouTube talking about Conan the Barbarian, and it was this 10-minute clip. Is talking to this guy I didn't recognize, and it was really funny. And I was like, oh, what is this? I never, I didn't know this was some interview, but it wasn't really an interview. I didn't know what was going on. And so I read the descriptor, and I was like, a podcast? What is that? And so I looked it up, and I started listening to it. It was his Smodcast um, and I became addicted to it, and that was just sort of the gateway drug. And I really felt like, you know what? I mean, when I was a kid, the first time I had a, a, a tape recorder, I immediately started doing little radio shows and things mm-hmm. like that. And I remember even in high school, I did one of those things where I, I got together with a buddy of mine, and we put a bunch of songs that we like on a tape on a blank tape and in between we would do like little sketches and things like that and i've always loved that kind of thing and i was like oh and and the way kevin smith would talk about it he really made it seem like you know anybody can do this 
and you may just even get some notoriety for it if it takes off and if it's a show that a lot of people like. And I was I had joined this improv group in Greenville called The Laughing Stock. And my friend Jason Underwood, who's my co-host on the show, we were just hanging out one day and we just went off on this improvised tangent about something we were we had talked about and we were playing the characters in it and we were bouncing things back and forth and we were just laughing so hard and it hit me this could be a podcast this is it mm, with me yeah. jason and podcast this would be great and that's kind of what happened and i also think my podcast is a good lesson in evolution because if you go back and listen to the first few episodes the audio's bad we kind of don't know what we're doing I had really insisted on this weird, rigid format that really didn't work. We lost the audio for the first episode. It's kind of a nightmare. Yet here you are, 201 yeah, I, episodes later. Because we just didn't quit. We just liked quit. it too much. Uh, you said something that interested me about the Smodcast, that when you were when you first listened and you found out about it, what it was, you you got addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, when it comes to producing your own podcast, do you ever think about that? Like what what you can do to make your podcast have that addictive quality for the listener? Is that ever in the back yeah. of your mind? It, 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 I think it has to be. Yeah. Because you want your show to be entertaining. If, if I could if, – and, and I'm not you know a massive podcaster. I'm not Adam Kroller or anything – but we always think about what can make our show the best it can possibly be. And our goal, since ours is just comedic sort of entertainment light podcast, our goal is to simply be either entertaining, funny, or both. And that's the way we, th we hope people will keep coming back, is if what we're saying is entertaining or funny. It doesn't necessarily have to be funny all the time, but it has to be at least entertaining or interesting all the time. And we have to be at least passionate about what we're talking about. And when I'm editing, when I find those sections where... We're kind of just rambling on. Like, and I just use the barometer. Would I want to listen to this? Mm, yeah. And if the answer is no, take it out. You have to be willing to cut surgically. You really do. <laughs> you really do. And we, we work really hard on honestly trying to make the best episodes we can. We just had this conversation recently on, I think, our 200th. We were talking about what it was like to try and put it together. Where we had, we recorded one time for two and a half hours because we knew we didn't have two and a half hours worth of good content. We just kept talking until we felt like, you know what, I think we've got enough here to edit it down into a, an entertaining hour. And I think you have to do that. If there's one criticism I have for just general amateur podcasts that I've heard, it's that I think some people just assume people just want to hear you talk. Right. And that's not true. <laughs> Yeah, because you know what? We can turn the channel and there's so much good content out there oh that's my gosh. competing with us, right? It's I, I, my biggest regret is that we didn't start earlier, that I didn't discover podcasting earlier. Well, I haven't listened to all 200 episodes yet, Evan. <laughs> I've been busy. I've been so busy. But it seems to me from listening that you're not one of those podcasts that just turns on the mic and starts talking it's it no. seems to me like you guys prep for your show you have topics that you want to cover um you'll have to tell me i know you're improvisers and i know improvisers can slip into characters in and mm -hmm. out of characters with ease and you guys certainly do that but i but i could also 
it almost seems like you even those are kind of thought about where they're going to fit into the the timeline of the show. So so tell me about your prep. What am what is it that I'm like? You know what like the funny thing is, on? and that's I, I take that as kind of a compliment because those things aren't. Oh. We never know when those things pop up. We literally have no idea they're going to pop up. What we usually do, yeah, and that's why, like, because I have such a good chemistry with Jason and we've been improvising together for a few years, I think that really helps in the, if he starts to go somewhere, I kind of know how to go that direction with him Mm -hmm. and know what I should be in that moment. But um, usually what we do, and we have to record at my apartment because I have a, a child and I can't really leave. So he comes over and uh, we, I... Whenever I think of something I want to talk about, I have a, a, a Word doc that I just labeled pod notes on my computer, and I'll just immediately, if I can get to it, type that in and say, oh, this this is this could be interesting. And it's either something that happened to me personally, something that I saw in the news, a game idea I have, because we like to play games on the show that we invent. Um uh, maybe I saw a movie that I want to talk about or something like that. And he does the same thing. And when we get together, we just sort of generally go over like, okay, I've got this or I've got a video I want us to watch. So we'll have to make sure that all the audio in, is set up so that you know we can record the audio from the video or whatever. But we actually it, try and not say too much because we really want – like if he brings a video or I have a video that I've seen – or I think it's really entertaining or interesting. I don't want him to know about it until I show it to him. So you have that honest reaction. Yeah. That's oh, absolutely. Sense. Yeah. And uh, like this, this last episode, uh, he brought some old stuff that his dad had found some letters he had written when he was 11. He, <laughs> he wrote his, he wrote his will when he was 11 years old. That is gold. That is pure gold. He and wrote I his had... will. What kind of morose wrote, child was he? <laughs> I know, seriously. And so, like, I had no idea he was going to be bringing that to the table. It was just when we felt like we had gotten enough gas out of whatever we'd been talking about before, we just kind of bounce things back and forth. I'll usually start after our introductions with just saying, hey, man, how's it going? And he'll, he knows he has content to offer. And then once, he, once we feel like we've gotten as much as we can get out of that, it's kind of like my turn and if I don't have anything, I'll tell him, like, I don't have anything, you know. But I think <laughs> we, we definitely don't want to just record and start talking and hope that magic happens. We have basic ideas of what we want to talk about. And then wherever that goes, we just let it go there. One of the things that that I think is, is difficult is that sometimes, and this is, this is a, a, a battle we've had before, is that there are times when you are going off on those rants or those tangents or you do talk about an interesting anecdote or story and you hope it goes somewhere and it kind of doesn't. Yeah. The big lesson is do you just kind of drop it at that point or do you keep going and see if you can get something out of it? Because sometimes it is like trying to squeeze water from a stone. But then sometimes if you don't give up on it. Yeah, it can be. But then if sometimes if you don't give up on it, you get over that hump, then you find the way in and you go, oh, my God, this is amazing. This 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 really funny, I don't want to say bit, but this really funny thing happened out of it. This really funny occurrence. We created a s- stupid character out of it, you know. So, yeah, we do we do prep for sure. But yeah. it's not it's not intense. I like it. I like it. So I want to talk more about the fact that you have reached the 200 
milestone, the 200 episode milestone, because let's be honest, most podcasts will never come close to reaching 200 episodes. So talk about the peaks and valleys. Like, and and just so you know, I I do another podcast other than this one, and we're over the 200 episode mark as well. Oh, and congratulations. I'm not saying, thank you. I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm saying that because I kind of, um, I want to know if we have similar thoughts in terms of, like, we, I've definitely had times where I've sort of lost, like, passion or, yeah. you know, oh, I definitely. wasn't enjoying it as much. And, and I'm wondering how you, if you felt that way, how you came out of it. Yeah, we definitely have felt that way. And the funny thing to me, and I mentioned this at the very beginning of our 200th episode, that I think the funny thing about celebrating your 200th podcasting episode is, you know, when a TV show reaches its 100th episode, they celebrate it because they they've had a fan base that's been with them and kept them alive. Because without ratings, the TV show is going to get canceled. With a podcast, it's like, it's nice to have people listen, but that's not what's keeping you doing it so really celebrating your 100 200 episode is just saying hey we didn't quit yeah and because nobody's telling you to nobody will ever tell you to stop or, or nobody can right. make you stop right other than yourself right and we had a time um i mean there's definitely been a few peaks and valleys um like i say the beginning is a little rough <laughs> the audio is <laughs> not great sure we yeah. kind of didn't know what to do or what to talk about i i think that you you definitely hear those episodes where one or both of us are trying way too hard, but I kept them because I want people to hear that and hear that evolution. But there was a time where we did get tired of it and we kind of quit for a whole six months. Oh, you took a break. We took an unintentional break because we were both really busy. I'm a I'm a local actor in the area, and when I'm doing a show, you know, we usually rehearse in the evenings, and that's. You know, might not get done till 10 or 1030. And then that means he's got to, And he has a, a regular day job and he's got to come over. We record late at night and then he goes and works. And we just kind of we weren't seeing necessarily the numbers we wanted to see. And mm-hmm. we just kind of lost a little bit of motivation. And I'm not exactly sure when we decided to do it again, because I actually have a second podcast, too, that we haven't recorded <laughs> in a few months because my podcast partner on that one, her life got really busy and chaotic and we haven't come back to it yet. And it's always like that thing where we, we didn't, um, for this one, this is the one that, that I, that I started and that, you know, it's, it's the main one. It's the main one on our network. And we just, I think we just decided that we missed it and we wanted to try, but I think we both made sort of a silent pack that, that uh packed excuse me that we're uh, not going to abandon it again and we never have if we decide we're going to take a week off we put something up we put like a put yeah. together a clip show or something like that you know we make sure that we've got content every week because we still we realized we love doing it and then we missed it yeah yeah now how long ago was the break in your history Probably about two years okay so it's two years ago you took a six-month break because yeah. you hear you hear a lot about the importance of consistency in order yeah. to like kind of grow your audience. Did you? Mm-hmm. What was your experience after that six months? Did um oh, did the audience? Us. Yeah. Okay. It That's hurt us what bad. I was like you look at the, you can see where the drop off occurs if you follow our numbers, our download numbers. You can see where the drop off occurs, because we were. I don't know who was listening at that point. We weren't getting a ton of, of, of correspondence or feedback from people. And I don't know if that's been your experience too. It's like people just don't really reach out to you all that much. It's hard. But you know yeah. someone's listening because you're watching the statistics. Right, but, yeah. Um, 
we were doing, starting to do pretty decently well, but we didn't care. And then we took that time off. And when we came back, it was kind of like starting over again. Because if you don't have an episode, when people expect you to have an episode, they'll wait for a little while. Right. But after a while, they'll just go, I guess these guys aren't doing it anymore. Right. I'll just remove you from my playlist and see what else is out there. Exactly. Um, So how about now? How are your, you don't have to tell me numbers if you're not comfortable, but how are your downloads now and kind of what's the trajectory? Are you seeing like a steady growth from month to month? Uh, I would say yes, we are seeing a steady growth. It's not huge just because there Mm -hmm. is so much competition and there's also a lot of podcasts that are formatted like ours. I mean, how many times have you heard, I got a podcast, it's me and my male buddy talking about geeky things. I mean, it's really hard to sell that because it's not a specialized market, really. It's just like a lot of podcasts are like that. But the the thing that makes it unique is the voice of the people on the show. Sure. But, um, yeah, we've definitely, especially recently, we started getting a lot of followers on Podbean. We got added to the Podbean recommended list, which has helped immensely. Yeah, that um, does give give podcasts a big boost. It has given us a boost, and we're starting to see the numbers get pretty nice. Um, but yeah, it all it's... Just, like you said, peaks and valleys earlier, it's peaks and valleys with podcasting yeah. too, because I can send the show to a friend or I can ask a friend to listen to the show and they can listen to an episode and really enjoy it. And maybe they'll tell somebody else about it. But being a consistent podcast audience where you listen every single week, that's a little bit rarer. And those are the people that are harder to find. Yeah. And and then there's that discoverability problem for the actual podcast or how are they finding you um once they find you they may like you but you kind of have to get in front of people's ears and yeah i feel like our track record for people that end up listening to the show and honestly enjoying it is pretty good you know i hear from when we have heard from people we have no connection with whatsoever that will message us every once in a while and go oh my god i discovered you guys and i really like you guys and blah 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 but it's just yeah it's it's very difficult to find especially when podcasting is so easy and it's much easier than a lot of people think it is and celebrities already know how to do a radio show or do a talk show or whatever because they have so much experience with it so because it's that easy and because they don't have to worry about being censored it's become this thing where celebrities a b c and d list celebrities rush to do podcasts so now if you discover, if you're just a regular person that discovers what podcasting is, automatically you're going to go, well, I want to go listen to the podcast of the person that I've heard of. Yeah, they have a, they have a built-in audience, which us they absolutely like nobodies do. don't have to work so much harder. So what are you, what are you guys doing in order to promote your show? Like, tell me about social media strategy and anything that's offline that you're doing. I will admit that is probably where, that's probably the thing I'm the worst at. I don't oh, come like on, throwing Evan. things in come people's face. I really don't. <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it. Um, you know, we have a Twitter account that, that we every time we post a new episode, we we make sure to put it there. We make sure to have a good relationship with other podcasts that are on Twitter. Um, but my my main thing is to try and get us heard by as many people as possible. And the only way you do that is you reach out to other networks. Yeah, so tell um, me about find, that. Well, how do you do that? It's actually pretty easy, especially through Twitter, if you communicate with other podcasts, because a lot of podcast networks will have their own Twitter page. And you just, 
and it, just about every time any podcast tweets out you know their new episode they make sure to hashtag their network or at the such and such network and for me it was just a question of oh well i'll just reach out to these people and see if they would like to add our show in fact one of the networks this year that we got added to is podcast radio network and they uh, are sort of like their own streaming podcast radio station and we just got uh a notification from them that for the month of November, we've only been on for a couple of months, we got over 8,000 listens. Whoa, that's amazing. So how And we don't this... see those translated into our statistics because right, it literally is radio. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, okay, so the Podcast Radio Network, you mm-hmm. reach out to them via Twitter and say, hey, yep. you know, we're the Bearded Ones podcast. We're interested in being on your network. Would you like to have us? And mm-hmm. what does the relationship look like from that? Is there a financial relationship? Is there – what do you need to do for them? What do they do for you? How does We have not had any instances where we are getting paid for doing the podcast yet, but that is a goal. And do you I pay to love... be on the network? Do you pay to be on no. the network? No. no. Most of the times, most networks are just like, if we like your show, they'll, they'll, you know, you'll email them. You'll ask for consideration. They'll want to hear, most of the time they'll want to hear an episode of your show. So you try and send them, you know, a signature episode, the episode where you're like, yeah. this is this, this is our statement episode. And it's stuff. really good. It's something I'm really proud of. And uh, if they like it, they'll go ahead and add your link on. And there's usually no money changed in between you or the network. It's just you're doing us a favor by putting us on your network. We'll do you a favor by making sure we name drop you in our episodes that we let people know what you are and where to find you and that's it's a that's one of the nice things about podcasting too is it's a pretty free exchange of things yeah yeah you can you could really take advantage of this so how many networks are you on uh right now i know we're at least on three or four <laughs> there's the tangent bound network there's blog oh, yeah, pods, I've heard of them. there's a podcast radio network right we used to be on i think the pure bs network there was one network we were on that they had to close their doors because their creators just sort of quit and couldn't oh, no. continue on but that's oh, too bad <laughs> and that does happen that happens yeah. you know because again podcasting is easy but people do it and then get two episodes in and then get bored with it and never do it again oh it's the easiest hardest thing the right. easiest <laughs> thing is is starting the hardest thing is is keeping it going because it's yes. so time consuming um yes. so okay so you belong to these networks but you also have the bearded pods network yes and how seriously are you taking that? Is that a big thing in your 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 overall picture? I would like it to be. My idea for that was, you know, it always helps for for you and others if you have a network where you can go, okay, if you like this show, if you find a podcast that you like, you see the network they're on, you automatically gravitate towards listening to the other shows on that network, so it helps everybody. But what yeah. I really wanted to do with it was I wanted to do startup podcasting. I wanted to find people that I knew that I thought could create a good podcast. Right. And have them produce their own shows. And my deal was, you know, do it through Podbean and we would pay for their for their first year if you do because if you do the uh, unlimited, you know, there's a fee for that, an annual yeah. fee. Um, and then if they keep doing it and keep enjoying it, we add them to the network and then they take over paying the fees for the subsequent years. And, uh, I'm very bad about getting an idea. And that's one of the reasons that the first few episodes of the podcast sound so rough is I'm not a good, I'm not good at 
patience. When I decide I want to do something, I'm just like, I got to do it now. Right. Yeah. And so I reached out to a couple of people that I thought would make really great podcasts because that was the whole idea. I don't want to absorb podcasts from other networks. I don't want to get already established podcasts. I want to create podcasts. I want to get people that never thought mm. about doing this doing it. And are these pot okay? So, what, are you coming up with the ideas for the show, no, or are no. you getting people just, that you think are talented and saying, "Come I up with a concept"? I just reached out to people that I know through the theater community, through the comedy community, through the improv community, and just said, "Hey, I think you would make a great podcast. I know it sounds intimidating. It's really not that hard. Here's what right. you need. Here's what we'll do to help you." The the sad thing is, even with all that, there's only two other podcasts on the network. And one of them is my second one. So it's like you, you give that message to people. You say, hey, man, I think you'd be great at this. You're already an entertainer in, in any in, in a certain way. We would love to just house you. And you still t we don't we don't put any rules on you. You talk about whatever you want to talk about. The show is whatever format you want it to be. I just think you'd be great at doing this. And people get really excited about it for a second. And then they talk themselves out of it. Yeah. That's, that's tough. That's really tough. I, I kind of like the idea that you sort of um, pick and choose the people and then encourage them and sort of give them a, a framework where yeah. they can be successful. But yeah, if they're not into it or, or they realize early on that it's, you know, it's a weekly project or whatever. Right. And you know, it doesn't have to be. That's what I keep telling people too. Yeah, you it can, can be do monthly. it as many times a year. It could be monthly. Yeah. It can be biweekly. The only thing is you just got to make sure that whatever time frame you choose is the time frame that you keep. Well, I hope you continue doing that. I think it's a good. I think it's a good idea, and I think it's okay to start small and just have a few. Oh, yeah. And particularly if they're quality shows and people are drawn to them, because then people trust really your network. I'm actually really proud of the podcasts that are on there. Um, there's one called Lucky Ten Thousand, which is my second podcast. That's sort of a I much. I saw that. I was going to check it out. Yeah. It's it's less uh, it's less hinged on being funny and more just trying to be informative or passionate about what we like. And the other one are my friends, uh, again, local actor. I've known him in theater for years, and his wife. Um, and he's from England, and she's from South Carolina. And uh, it's called Teddy and the Paceman. And they just talk about their lives, and they have friends that are guests on. She's a writer, so they talk about writing a lot. They're actually both uh, part of the BDSM community, and they've been very open about that. Okay, so it's, yeah. it's just a really exciting and, – and they do a really good job. They, they're better produced than the other podcasts, than my own podcasts, because they add all this, all this really interesting stuff in. So, yeah, I'm very proud of them, and they love doing it. I just recorded oh, an great. episode with them last night, actually. Nice. All right, so also, you're at this point in your podcast life, 200 episodes. Um, yeah. have, you, have you monetized the show, or no. do you plan on monetizing it? I would love to monetize. I don't know exactly how you go about doing that because right now I don't think we have – it's not like we're in a position where advertisers are going to come calling to us. Sure, we're sure. We're not that big yet. Yet. My dream would be to to be able to make a decent living doing podcasting, YouTube videos, acting, whatever – and without trying to go out to California and be like, you know, mega famous or whatever. But, you know, it's just, you know, the dream to just be able to make a living on doing what you love to do. And if I could make money podcasting, I would love to do it. But it's that's one of the things I still haven't been able to wrap my head around exactly how to go about doing it. Well, I think where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, there are other ways other than advertising. 
I'm, I often talk to podcasters about this and encourage them to look more closely, if they don't have the numbers to attract advertisers, to look more closely at crowdfunding and um, premium I've content. About that. Um, because it's not that much extra effort on your part once you set it up. And even if it's just trickling in, you know, it's something, you know, it's uh, even if it's just paying your hosting fees. One of the things that, because this is something that Smodcast started doing too, is they had somebody that was just a fan of theirs who would take three-minute clips and animate them. Fun. And they would use those on YouTube. Oh, it's fantastic. So I saw those and I went, oh, that's what we need to do because so many of these little, these little improv tangents that we go on yeah, you are character-based totally and situation-based. They'd be perfect for animation. And I reached out to someone who would be willing to do it. But you know, even for a three-minute clip, that's a ton of time for an animator. Yeah, yeah. And they need, they need to be paid for that time. So I have <laughs> thought about maybe starting a GoFundMe or a, or, a, or a crowdfunding thing just to raise the money to start getting clips animated. Sure, yeah. I think I think people the I think people love to support the podcasts that they love because they know like I know that if I'm paying money to a podcast that I love that it's allowing them to continue to produce their show right. so it, it it gives them longevity and makes ensures that they're going to be around for a lot longer and I I have no problem supporting that and it's never a lot of money you know no it can be as little as five dollars a month and um, you get yeah, hundred people doing that, and you know it's not an income, but it's it's something that really motivates you and gives you resources to do things like that great idea about the animated clip. That's yeah. That's such a. I hope you can. I hope that happens for you. Okay, yeah, so I, I was wondering. I would love to have like T-shirts and stuff like that too. At some point, would yeah, be great. merch. Yeah, merch is fun. Yeah. Uh, do, have you had any um, from podcasting specifically? Has that led to any? surprising opportunities for you um almost a couple there's a guy that 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 found us and really likes us who's an author um he, oh. he wrote this book called timberwolf and he almost got me to narrate his book because on the side i did some you know audible is, is letting you do uh uh if you're an amateur, you can still do some audio booking. They have a new setup mm -hmm. now where, where you can audition for things online. And if people like you and like your voice, they'll let you narrate their book. And I've done a few of those. And he almost let me do that. It's definitely gotten us in touch with people that we would never have talked with otherwise. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll see more opportunities come out of that, especially now that we're finally starting to kind of grow again. That would be great. Um, it, it's definitely never – I never saw myself – six years ago as having a quote unquote show or a network or like encouraging other people to do the same. So, I mean, those are definitely some things that I consider opportunities that I've been given from podcasting that have been really fulfilling, just not, you know, nothing that's pushed me into or the show into the big stratosphere of, of, cause you know, there is so much competition out there. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I think there's a lot to be said for smaller audiences, particularly small, loyal audiences. So, oh, definitely. I think as pod podcasters, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to see those those huge numbers, and it you might not ever get there. But if you're enjoying what you're doing and you're still eking some sort of um, benefit, and there's so many like different benefits that come from podcasting, I think you're definitely experiencing them. Um, I was wondering. Have you um, have you made any big mistakes that you really regret? Oh yeah, 
<laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god, so many. Like I say, like our show like is is the classic show for listening to the evolution of a podcast. Um yeah. you listen to the first few episodes and the audio is awful. Um Right. I we were there. We did this fun thing on our 200th episode where we got this local comedian who also has his own podcast. Uh, his name's Jason Farr, and he's a really nice guy. We've both known him for years. We've worked with him for years. Jason is in an improv group with him, and uh, he's a great guy, great comedian. And he has a podcast called There It Is, where he interviews people from the world of improv and comedy. And uh, we brought him on because Jason had cobbled together all these clips of our first few episodes and we were just going to listen to them and make fun of them. And I remember one of the clips in particular, it was maybe our second or third episode. I was going on and on about all these great inside jokes we have now about all these great <laughs> recurring jokes and recurring characters. And I was just like, how could I have ever thought that that even counts. You can't have a recurring joke or recurring character. You can't force it in like that. It just got to be something that happens organically. But I was just like, no, nah, man, we're going to have all this awesome stuff. I think just not just jumping in before you actually kind of know how to do it was our biggest mistake because it literally was at that time. I had a little bitty MP3 player and I would just set it in between myself and Jason on a little chest and we would be leaning into each other uncomfortably close and just trying <laughs> to talk as loud as we could to be heard. And it's muffled and it's garbled and you can't hear us very clearly. And there, the sad thing is there is some funny stuff on some of those episodes, but it loses its impact because the audio is just so bad. Yeah, you have to have good audio. That's just uh, the bottom but line But it's amazing how many people don't like abide by that they just kind of go eh well if it's funny it's funny and yeah i mean there are definitely podcasts that can rise above having not great audio but i would much rather listen to one that that you know like this like what we sound like now <laughs> yeah yeah i'm definitely more forgiving if it's a newer podcast sure. i'll hang in there and you know if their first you know 10 episodes are a little rough i might check back in when they're on yeah. like 20 or 30 and almost like always the sound quality is so much better yeah. because you know they know and people will, will work on it but if you know you're on your 200th episode and you still sound crappy <laughs> then we've got a problem and it's and the thing is it's not that hard to get good audio no. it really isn't no. i bought a 20 dollar mic from radio shack and jason gave me a a a, a pop filter and, you know, we, we use an audio system, we use WavePad, and we just record into that, and it sounds great now. You know, if you Yeah, have, it, does, it does sound great. If you buy just a microphone plugged into your computer, you'll be fine. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, technology's gotten so cheap, and mm -hmm. it's, yeah, like you said, it's, it's easy to, to enter into this crazy world of podcasting. I wanted to ask you, since you're in Greenville, South Carolina, have you discovered or are part of a podcast community in your area there aren't there's not there's not a big community around here at all um, i would love mm -hmm. to go to a festival or a convention or something like that and meet other people face to face there's only maybe two or three other podcasts in the general area that i can think of off the top of my head our friend jason's being one of them there's just it's not a huge thing it's it's funny it's if you're a podcaster, you feel like everybody knows what podcast is and that there's 
podcasts everywhere and that everybody listens to them. But it's still such a small thing compared to all the other options that people have for their entertainment. And sure. for, you know, I still run across people where I have a podcast and they're like, I don't know what that is. So yeah, I, I did too. Or they're like, I've heard of it, but I really don't know. Yeah, what they it don't is. know what it is. And, <laughs> you know, it's also like, you know, there's a very specific audience for just talk radio in general. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> out of that, there's, this isn't, this isn't a hotbed of podcasting. This, there's not a ton. There's not mm. a real community here. Well, and it's also, also, I would, I would say that you don't really, you might not really know because that's true. A typical podcaster, you, you don't really, you can't really search geographically by no, for podcasters. So there could be lots of people podcasting in their basements and garages that you haven't encountered. That you're absolutely, so you're who absolutely knows? right. I mean, Twitter is a great way. Twitter is a fantastic way of, of, sure. of being in contact and staying in contact with with podcasts. There are sort of hashtag groups on Twitter that bring you all together as part of a community. But yeah, yeah, it's it's much easier to see it. Like the I know a lot of people in the quote unquote comedy community around here because I know people that do comedy. I know people that do stand up. I know people that do improv, and that's a physical, tangible thing. You go to the places where it's being done. You meet the people, but podcasting—it's literally just up in the air. You can be surrounded by podcasters and not know it, and not know it. It's a—it's a dirty little secret. It really is. <laughs> it shouldn't it? Shouldn't be. But okay. So I have a couple fun questions if yeah, you're up for it. Absolutely. Are okay. So this is my fantasy podcaster pick segment. If you could choose anyone living or dead oh to have a podcast oh boy who would you choose god that's a tough question ah but you've got so many great people to choose from living or dead can they be living dead yeah zombies (laughs) yeah I would do a, I would do a zombie podcast with a zombie and it would be zombie a real zombie it would be, yes, a real zombie, and it would be zombie Abe Lincoln. I don't know why, it just would. Oh, a zombie Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because we could get into yeah. the middle of, of politics and the formation of the country, and then I would have to fight him off for meeting my brains. It would be the best podcast ever. <laughs> it would be action-packed and educational. Oh my God, it would be amazing. <laughs> okay, now, all right, so we got the real zombie Abe Lincoln podcast. Yes. Now, we are producing a podcast, Evan, about your life, and what are we going to call it? Oh, oh boy. Um, true self-deprecation. True self-deprecation. Yes. <laughs> With Evan Harris. Yes. <laughs> If you're not ready to really self-deprecate, you can't be part of the programming. Yeah, it's like I'm not just self-deprecating. I'm self-deprecating about real shit. Right. I really have a reason for this. Yeah. All right. Okay. And so now I'm somebody who's just discovered the Bearded Ones podcast. And I want to start somewhere, but I'm not sure where. What episode would be the best episode for me to listen to? Honestly, I think the 200th because I think it encapsulated a lot of different things. And also, because this is the thing I worry about 
with with the early episodes not being that great audio wise is I don't want people to start listening to it and then go, "Ooh, this is terrible. I'm never listening to them again." Don't start with one, whatever <laughs> you do. So, well, actually you can start with one because we lost the audio for one, so I went back and replaced it actually <laughs> quite recently with oh, myself explaining okay. what happened and also explaining that, you know, the first few episodes are a little rough audio wise. But like the 200th to me was fun because it encapsulated we did it in three different segments because we did we were part of a comedy festival here a few months ago and we recorded a 20 something minute live episode there with an audience and everything and so that's the first section the second section is our friend jason making fun of our old clips and then the third section is us uh listening to some contributions from listeners for something we were doing and kind of you know talking about that and just talking about the show in general and i think you get a really good idea of what the show is what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. And also you get to hear like, Hey, this is why you're starting at the 200th. You can hear that we make fun of how rough it was at the beginning. Nice. All right. And you can find the bearded ones podcast on Podbean, right. Stitcher, iTunes, all the pod players, as yep. well as the various networks that they're on. You can find their website at beardedpodsnetwork.com and at bearded one's pod on social media yes and you can find them on facebook actually so look the show up have some laughs enjoy their characters and their stories and then uh, message me and let me know how you liked it and hopefully we will also hear the true self-deprecation podcast <laughs> soon. Not a bad idea. i want it it's funny evan i have to tell you that i ask every guest that question and every single guest without exception, has given me such a great title. Like the titles are so good because it's, you know, it's about their life, but the titles are so good. And every single one of them, I feel like you, they need to make, they actually need to make that podcast. I, you know what? I would love to do another one. I know you would. <laughs> I know you would. I can, I can sense that. Can't have too many. I mean, I'm definitely <laughs> passionate about it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad yeah. I found it. And I'm so glad I started doing it. It's it's one of the most fun things. I look forward to doing it every week. I look forward to listening to my own episodes. How narcissistic is that? Every week. <laughs> I think that's a good sign that you, if you can enjoy your own episodes after living through it, then it's probably a good sign that it's a good show. I hope so. Thanks for joining us today on Podcasting Smarter, Evan. Thank you. Good luck with your uh, 300th episode, which yeah. is now on the horizon. We'll be there. <laughs> All right. Good luck to you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting! <laughs>